The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. does all those things so that's important you can also give online and now I'm going to jump into our message first I'm going to pray father we thank you for this time together lord I pray right now God that you would uh, be with us lord even as we lord just dive into your word God we need lord to hear from you father we need lord to have God your perspective and so we pray that you lead us into truth and we thank you for it. Amen. All right, today we're talking about heart check. And I was given these by uh, Robert this last week. He just randomly comes up and says, hey, these are for your sermon. This was before I knew I was doing a heart check sermon. And so he says, hey, grab these and use these for your sermon. And I said, okay, so I've been praying on that. And this, who knows what this is? Wow, we, this... We have such a smart demographic in our church. Everybody's like doctor level. This is a stethoscope. Do you know what it's for? That's for heart. If you put this on, right? When I was a kid, we used to have a pair of these at my house, and I'd put them in my ears, and then I'd go put them on my sister's door or my brother's door and try to hear what their friends were saying, try to spy, because it actually magnifies. So I'd put them on the door and say, what are they saying? Or my mom and dad's, you know? Like, I'm in trouble, and they're in there talking it out, like what my punishment's going to be, and I got a stethoscope on their door trying to hear it. What are they saying? Because you can hear things that you can't hear with your normal ears, right? Okay? How many of you have been in a relationship and the person that you're in a relationship with says, you know what, you're in a bad mood. What are you so mad about? And they go, I'm fine. I'm not in a mood. There's nothing wrong with me. Anybody ever had that? Kids, have your parents ever tell you, you youth, have your parents ever told you, hey, you need to knock the attitude off? And you're like, what? What attitude? Right? You know, and they're looking at you, they're saying, hey, take out the trash. And you're walking out the door with the trash, and they go, not with an attitude. I'm carrying it. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Why do you know why? Because parents can see inside of your heart. And even though you might be doing what you're supposed to be doing, they can see what's going on inside, and they know that there's something in there that's not beating right. You're doing what you're supposed to do, but the heart's not right. When you're a parent, you'll understand that. That can happen sometimes. Vice versa, though, right? I've been doing things, and my kids will tell me, Dad, you're grouchy. I'm like, I'm not grouchy. I'm loving, caring, a good father. Like, no, Dad, you need to go somewhere. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go find a family that appreciates me. That's where I'm going. <laughs> but they can see. Why? Because they know me. Well, the Bible talks about God, and it says that man sees the outside, but what does God see? God sees the inside. Why? Because he knows us. He knows us. He made us. Before we were in our mother's womb, he made us, and he knows us. Like, God knows every single detail about you. The Bible says he knows how many hairs are actually on your head. It actually says that, which is hard because that's constantly active because they're falling out, they're moving around. It's like, but he knows. He's always got to count. God intimately knows everything about who you are. Which means that when you get up 
and you go to work, or you come here to church, or you go spend time with your family, or you go even do things that are right things, that God can be looking down and saying, you know, where, where's your heart? I see you worshiping, but where's your heart? I see you giving, but where's your heart? And you say, well, I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do. He's like, yeah, I see that, but where's, where's your heart? Where's it at? And sometimes he can say that when we don't even know that. That's what's cool about a doctor. A doctor takes these things, and you walk into the doctor, and you say, well, I think I'm pretty healthy. You know? I mean, just look at me. <laughs> I look good. I'm healthy. I'm fit. I can run around. I can beat my son at basketball still. I'm three times his age. I'm doing real good. And I walk into the doctor, and the doctor says, okay, that's fine. But let me check you out, Right? And he puts it on there and he listens. And what's he going to say? Easy, they're going to say it's good. Why? Because it is. Or he's going to say, you know what? Something sounds off. You're in danger. I may not even know I'm in danger. That's why you go get health checkups. Because the doctor knows things that sometimes we don't even realize ourselves. We don't even realize it's happening. We don't realize it's going on. And what causes heart issues? Stress, what else causes heart issues? What'd you say? Poor eating habits. What you take in can cause a heart problem, right? Okay, is there any spiritual implications there? What I take in visually, what I take in audibly, can have an impact on my heart. Stress can do that. What else can cause a heart problem? Anybody else anybody been to a doctor recently? Drugs, taking wrong things, trying to stimulate yourself in wrong ways can cause heart problems. Do you know what else can cause? A lack of exercise can cause a heart problem, right? Well, we can be believers, right? Is there any spiritual implications there? A lack of exercise, a lack of actually serving others, of putting, putting things into place, into, into action that God's called us to do. Like I'm not doing the thing. I know I should do the thing, but it makes me tired to do the thing, so I don't do the thing. It takes a lot of effort to do the thing, so I don't do the thing, but I know I should, and every once in a while I put it on my calendar to do something, but I don't. So all these things can impact us, and I wonder how is your heart today? Here's some things that are signs that maybe there's some heart issues going on, is that you may have chest pain, right? These are real signs. You might have stomach pain. I didn't know stomach was connected to the heart, but that's a real sign. If you're having a lot of stomach pain, it may actually be a heart issue. All these things are connected. Nausea. Now, here's some spiritual implications here. Maybe there's some things going on in your life that are causing a lot of heart pain. Maybe the loss of a loved one. Maybe stress in the marriage. Maybe issues within the family. Maybe everything that's going on in the world around us, and you see that, and your heart's broken. Some of the division and the fighting and, the, and just the, the constant, it seems like, attacks and discouragement going on everywhere all the time. And we get to where we have a chest pain where it feel, oh, I'm even sick in my stomach. I feel like anxiety, stress, it's happening. Say, so, well, that's a physical issue. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a, it's a heart issue. And I'm talking Spiritual. Maybe there's something in the heart that needs to be adjusted. Maybe there's something, maybe it's not outward. Maybe it's something inside that God wants to do, that God wants to change, that God wants to get healthy because it's getting out of alignment and it's not dealing with the stresses, the anxieties, the different things of life. What about nausea? Man, I just want to throw all this back. 
right? What can you throw back? Well, if we're talking in a spiritual sense, man, I'm going to throw my faith back. I don't want this. This needs to come out of me. I don't want to read God's word. It makes me sick. I don't want to listen to worship music. It makes me sick. I don't want to forgive. All these things I'm supposed to do that's just making me sick. I just don't want anything to do with any of it right now. Right? We can get to where we start to feel that way. And we think sometimes it's an outward problem, but it's pointing to a heart issue, dizziness. You know, my head's spinning. The world's crazy. What's going on? I feel dizzy. Well, our heart anchors us, like we sang in that song. It's built on the foundation. It's so that when all this craziness is going on, we're still stable. We're still strong. We're still walking in the Lord. We don't have to live in dizziness, fatigue. Man, I'm tired. I'm just tired. Anybody ever say that when you're just driving around or you're getting ready to go somewhere and all of a sudden you realize you're just saying out loud, like, I'm tired. I'm tired. Where am I going? I'm tired. You realize, man, I've been saying that all day. No wonder I'm tired. <laughs> I keep saying that. Like I'm talking myself into sleep. I'm hypnotizing myself. Better stop. But tiredness in life, like a fatigue, a tiredness about getting up, a fatigue and a tiredness about going and serving, a fatigue and a tiredness about being a parent, about being married, about dealing with things in life, about pursuing the vision or the dreams that God gave you. Maybe you're building a business and it's like, well, it's here, but I just, I'm tired. I don't, I don't feel like doing much with it. God's put a call in your heart to do something, you know. Melissa and Jessica, we're going to be starting at the end of the month a nature walk thing for families where you can go out on a nature walk once a month and then at the end of the walk, do a little Bible study and walk back. Like, well, God gave me that idea, but I'm kind of tired. Life's tiring. I don't think I really want to do it, right? Tiredness and fatigue can point to a heart problem. Is my heart fresh? Is my heart alive? Am I healthy? What's going on here? Trouble sleeping. I'm so tired, but when I get to bed, I can't sleep. Anybody done that before? <laughs> I've done that. I got an excuse, so I've got an eight, 18-month-old. And she sleeps till about 1 a.m., and then you can hear her doors, because we moved her to a toddler bed. You can hear her doors. Then she comes walking down the hallway. Yep, she knows. Then she walks into our room. Hi. Hi. And she wants you to put her in bed. And as soon as she gets in bed, she turns sideways and starts shoving you out. Wedges in between. Last night, I heard her get up door opens and I wake up to this clicking but usually she comes out and starts talking right away and she gets picked up and put right back in her room door shut and you wait for her to fall asleep again but this time she was quiet walks all the way down the hallway into our room opens the door still doesn't say anything I'm like she's really learning she's going to sneak in our bed quietly she walks all the way through the bathroom back into Carrie's closet area comes back out walks out goes down the hallway I'm like she's going back to bed she knows the drill. She gets all the way down there. I hear another door open. Click, click. And I hear, hi. <laughs> She's learned to go to Cammie's room. <laughs> which was awesome. Praise God for that. <laughs> so progress, one step at a time. But sometimes you're so tired, but then you still can't get rest. Have you ever been spiritually, mentally, or emotionally tired? And you say, man, I'm just going to take a break. And you take a break, and at the end of the break, you're just as tired? It's like, Lord, I'm tired, but I can't get rest. I can't get refreshed. I can't get built up. Well, maybe that's a heart problem. But I don't think I have a heart problem. What's he talking about? My heart's just fine. I listened to worship CDs, and I prayed for someone yesterday. 
But God knows our heart, and maybe there's something that he wants to get in there and work on or readjust to get it healthy. Lack of interest in intimacy is another one that falls under the heart thing. Well, I don't really want to pray. I don't really want to talk to God right now. I don't really want to get my Bible open. I don't really want to listen to worship music, man. I'm just cranking up my other music. I don't want to do that. But the, the heart problem. These are all signs that point towards something going on inside. And that's what I think God wants to work on and deal with a little bit today. So how do you build a healthy heart? We're going to go to 1 Samuel 21. Jesse, will you grab me my phone real quick? Because i got to use that for the verses and I forgot it right there. 1 Samuel 21. There's a guy in the Bible named David. David's the same David that killed Goliath and he used to be a shepherd. Then he kills Goliath and he becomes the king and he does all this stuff. That's David in the Bible. And David, the Bible says, is the man after God's own heart. So if you're looking for a healthy heart, right, then you're going to look for someone that has that and say, what do they do to get that kind of heart, right? That's what you do. You look at somebody that has it going already. So I'm going to read this part. This is an interesting thing out of 1 Samuel 21. I'm just starting here in verse 10. It said, this is David. Now, think about this. He used to live out in a field and was a shepherd and watched sheep. And he had to fight off bears and wolves and different things, lions. He had to fight things off to save his sheep. Well, there's a big giant war going on, and there's a battle, and Goliath is there intimidating the army. They didn't even bring David out. He was the little, he was the little brother, and nobody even bothered bringing him out to the battle. Anybody ever felt left behind, you know, overlooked, not good enough, just left back? Well, that's David. But David ends up coming and being the one that actually defeats Goliath, and then he gets, he's anointed as king. He's supposed to become the king. Of the nation. But there's a stretch that happens between him being a hero and him becoming king, where he is actually has to wander around and run, and all these things go on in his life. And even once he becomes king, there's different, he goes through all kinds of hard trials. But this is a particular point in his life where he's on the run. It says, David rose and he fled that day from Saul, and he went to Ashish, the king of Gath. Now, Goliath was Goliath of Gath. So he goes back to the place where he killed Goliath, he goes back to that country. He's so desperate for refuge, nobody wants him. He's so desperate for refuge that he's running back to the place where he killed their giant. You have to be pretty desperate, right? Just imagine that, okay? Imagine being an American war hero, and the only place to run, because everybody here is after you, now the only place to run is I got to run back to ISIS, turn myself into them. Maybe they'll save me. That's what we're talking about. I'm going back to a place where they're fighting against us, where terrible things are happening, and I'm going to go to them for help. That's the only place I have left to go. So here he goes there. It says, The servants of Ashish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another to him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Isn't this the guy that's killed ten thousands of us? And all of these other people? Isn't this the guy that's against us? See, now David starts to get scared. It says, And David took these words to heart. Okay? Passed his head and got into his heart. That's where all these problems start. And it says, so he changed his behavior before them, and he pretended to be insane in their hands. And he made marks on the doors and the gate, and he let his spittle 
That's spit. Spittle. It's a biblical term. Boogereth, spittle. The Bible uses different words than we do, but very similar. A spittle. He's letting himself slobber all over the place. And he's making marks on the door and he's acting crazy. Now this is a king. This is a guy who's a hero. And now he's here on the run and he's acting insane. Because he's scared. And he says he makes these marks on the door. The spittle runs down his beard. And then as she said to his servants, behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen? Like, don't I already have enough crazy people? Why is he here at my door? Get him out of here. That's David. And yet God says he's a man after his own heart. So does God want us to be afraid? Does God want us to be worried? Does God want us to be on the run? Does God want us to think that insanity is the safest place to be? If I act crazy, nobody will bother me. If I act offended, if I act angry, if I act isolated, if I act like I don't care, then everybody will leave me alone. If I harden my heart, people will leave me alone. That's a better place to be. Is that where God wants us to be? It's not. And yet, this is where David is, and yet God says that he's a man after his own heart. So how does he get that? We're going to go to Psalms 34. Psalms 34, it talks about David's heart and gives us kind of a glimpse into really what changed and, and how he operates in his life. This is Psalms 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now this is, I, put, I picked this passage because this is actually written when he was going through this trial. So as the fear and all these different things are going on, he turns to the Lord and he writes this song. And he says, this is the song of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Think about this. This is a guy going through trial and difficulty. He's going through far worse political situations than we are. He's going through worse personal situations than what most of us are going through. He's been pushed out, abandoned, ran away. What God spoke over his life is not happening. Everything has fallen apart. And he's saying, come with me to do what? Come with me to magnify the Lord. Come with me to praise God. Come with me to bring glory to him. He goes on, it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. I had those fears, but I went to the Lord and I sought him and God delivered me, he took them off. He lifted my burden. He opened my heart up. He gave me confidence. He gave me boldness. He gave me of himself and helped me to do that. He goes on, he says, he delivered me from my fears and those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man, now he's identifying not with you, he's identifying with himself. This poor man, looking at his own self and saying, man, I need, well, I got this. I got it. Things are hard, I got it. My family's struggling, I got it. I'll figure it out. My bills are struggling, I got it, I'll figure it out. Things at work are hard, I got it, I'll figure it out. Man, I feel just like an apathy in my spirit. I feel unmotivated, unexcited. I'll figure it out. That's not what David said. 
David says, this poor man, he's talking about himself, cried out, and the Lord answered. He heard me and saved me out of all of my troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. He's recognizing it's not me, but God even puts his angels around me. God's watching over me. God cares for me. God loves me. God's here for me. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be alone. Because God is with me. God is for me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, he's saying this at a time when he's literally having to act insane in order to be okay. You know, if you're a student, that means he's saying this when he's at school and everything's going wrong, when he didn't make the team, when he's not part of the cool crowd, when people on social media are saying all kinds of crazy stuff about him, and it seems like the whole world is falling apart and everyone's against me and it's all bad. I'm going to go in my room, shut the door, and not talk to anyone because it's all terrible. I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to be, this is all bad. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He chose to put his eyes not on his situation but on the goodness of God and just keep reflecting on that and to give praise and to think about who God is. And he says, oh, fear the Lord, you as saints, for those who fear him have no lack. God gives everything that we need. Remember a couple verses before he said he was poor. Now he has no lack. Well, where did this abundance come from? Because he didn't have it just three verses ago. The abundance came from focusing on God, putting his hope in God, believing in God, putting his faith there, looking on the goodness of God, and it filled his own heart with his abundance, that they have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. These are the things that he's talking about, putting your mind and your heart on the Lord. These are the things that David did. He had humility. He understood where he was and that he needed God. He put his faith in God. He meditated. If you read through Psalms, it always talks about he meditates on God's word day and night. He looks to God. In this, he's talking about, I look to the Lord. There's a meditation. Instead of thinking on his problems and his issues, he thinks upon the Lord and on the goodness of God. He repented. Sometimes he fell. Some of us have fallen, done things that we shouldn't do. He, was, he repented. He took to the Lord and said, Lord, do what you want. When he made mistakes, he was open. He said, Lord, change me. And he praised God all the time. So even if you feel, man, I feel healthy and strong, but other people around you have maybe said, man, yeah, something's, go, something's up with you. Well, I don't know what it is. I'm doing fine. Or maybe you can feel a little bit of like, I think I'm okay, but I feel a little bit of something. Something's off. Can't quite get my mojo. I think God wants to bring you into a place where you're really free, you can experience the joy of the Lord, the goodness of God, taste and see that he's good. And so David's prescription for that was humility, faith, meditation, repentance, praise. And so I'm going to ask anybody that would want to do that to join me. Starting tomorrow, and I'll post reminders on our Facebook with little thoughts that I have from what I read. So you guys can see that, share that. You guys can comment in the comments if you want to participate. Is a 30-day healthy heart challenge. Say, man, you know, I'm going to take some time and change some of the intake of what I'm taking in. Some of the news, 
some of the shows, some of the things. I'm just going to really take 30 days and try to focus on putting some good in here, focusing on God, meditating on God, stirring my faith up to look at him, and to read through Psalms. That's David's book, The Man with a Healthy Heart, to read through Psalms with me. You know, Pastor Art and his daughter talked last week about the importance of being in the Word of God, right? It's a great place to be to get our hearts right, to get our hearts healthy, and to be in a place. So all that is, it's five chapters a day. There's 150 chapters. It's five chapters a day to take you through the book of Psalms, which is a pretty quick read. Most of them are poems. They're not even normal chapters. They're, they're just little poems. But to read through that, and as you read, pray, and look at that and say, Lord, how do I have a heart like David? A heart that loves you, a heart that chases after you, God, a heart that will look to you and see your goodness even in hard times or in struggles. Lord, how do I do this? How do I walk this out? And just read it and pray, read it and pray. If you change your diet, if you change what's coming in, if you add the good things in there, guess what starts to happen? Your heart starts to get healthy. Right? And Well, my heart is healthy. If it stays healthy, it's because it's on a good diet. Right? I mean, I'm 42 or 3. I couldn't remember with me and Brandon were talking about. He claims I'm 42. I think it's 43, but I don't remember. Uh, I'm 40-something. I'm at an age where they tell you, like, you need to start having a good diet. I'm like, well, every Sour Patch is a fruit flavor. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> all my Sour Patch kids are yummy. And my energy drinks are all fruit flavors. Like, I'm, all I have is fruit. But they say, you got to start eating healthy. Why? You don't have a heart problem. But you will if you don't have a good diet. Right? This is a good diet. To get into somebody who the Bible says has a man after God's own heart. And say, man, I'm going to eat what he ate. I'm going to read what he read. I'm going to meditate on what he meditated on. I'm going to fix my mind on the goodness of God and let it work in my life. Amen? I'm going to pray. This will start posting tomorrow. And I just invite you guys to participate and join me in that. Lord, I thank you for your word today, God. I ask that you would, Lord, stir us up, Father, to uh, just get into your word and to listen, God, to put our eyes and our minds and our hearts upon you, Father, that, Lord, we would be able, Lord, to eliminate some of these different symptoms that come, Lord, from a, a heart that's starting to have some issues, Lord. Lord, the chest pains and the dizziness, the fatigue, Lord, some of the weariness, Lord, some of the uh, just lack of interest, Lord, in the things of God sometimes, Lord, or the lack of interest in serving or whatever it might be, Lord, that we would be stirred up in our mind and in our hearts, God, to be excited and healthy, Lord, and ready, Lord, for all that you have for us, God, that even in these times, Lord, these times when things are seemingly always at just division and anger and problems, Lord, that we would be so healthy in our hearts, God, that we could still speak words of love, speak words of goodness and kindness. God, that in the dark times, Lord, that we would shine the brightest. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thanks for joining us today. There is food and snacks and stuff over there. You guys want to head that way? Stick around, make a friend. If you don't have a friend, you're here on your own. Stick around and make a friend. There's lots of people here to love. You're a good, good father. It's who you the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.